everyone out there in the CBC universe. It is the Combo Characters Podcast, and I am your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred. And as always, I've got my gracious co-host, Chris, the uncontested creator, Gossidus. Oh, what's up, homie? Oh, what is that I hear? This is a technology upgrade, man. It's 2018. I figured we'd drop some bombs. Yeah, man. Sounds like you got a fancy new uh, new soundboard for our podcast. How exciting. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's very... I mean, we got celebrities. Oh, uh, we, Groot. We yeah, also okay. have some stairs among us. <laughs> so, uh, hey, we're our own best friends. I mean, if you don't know how to be your own best friend in 2018, you're going to have a rough time. I feel like... <laughs> It's made it real, real sad, dark right at the beginning. Uh, we are doing the Powies episode. That's this episode. It's our award show. Uh, we're going to run through a bunch of categories. Best new character. Most obnoxious thing to happen in 2017. Ooh. Best TV slash streaming show. We've got best ensemble. Best villain. What else do we have? We have best movie. Best- on deck we got best combo character as the flagship title right of course so that's how we're going to close the show now um i did want to drop in just because this this kind of happened recently and it's it's kind of it's pretty interesting so we are going to take real quick before we run into the uh the combo characters auditorium to to host the award show we're going to spy our favorite place near and dear to our hearts of course i'm talking about casting corner oh that's right. Keep back, relax, take it easy on the fine Corinthian leather couches. You're in the casting corner. So we're here in the casting corner, and we just got one little bit of news to cover, and that's that apparently none other than Lindsay Lohan, okay, Fre- Freaky Friday herself, is campaigning <laughs> real hard, real strong, taking it to the hole. Uh, oh no! <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> trying to vie for the role of Batgirl in the Joss Whedon uh, Batgirl film that I guess is still being made, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, it's just interesting. It's a rumor. I mean, it's not even a rumor at this point because uh, you know I don't know if anyone's returning her calls or her tweets, <laughs> but she's trying. The girl is trying. Uh, the thing is. The, I mean, the woman is trying really. Because here's the here's my question. Here's you asked me this off air, and it's a valid question. Yeah. Is she too old to be playing bad girl? There's a way you can frame this story, which might be new and exciting, a different take on Batgirl, where you know because of the life experience she's had now, maybe she's coming to um, wanting to do vigilante justice at a right. different time in her life, which is fine. You could write that. It would be a different story. Here's the thing. Lindsay Lohan is 31. She could, in theory, play someone in her 20s. But given her history as a real human being out in the real world doing lots of real drugs, uh, <laughs> she's got some miles on her, man. Like, if you need someone to play younger, I wouldn't look in Lindsay Lohan's direction. That wouldn't be my first choice. All those, all those potholes take a toll. <laughs> Oh, man, that's going to mess up the alignment. It's real bad, real bad time. Okay, but, like, so we're going to throw that out there to you CBCers out there listening. Uh, What do you all think about this? Is Lindsay Lohan a good choice? Should they look in that direction? Do they kick the tires there? 
I, you know, I don't know. I, I think she's a capable actress. I it, this could be the thing that turns it around for her. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we get a a, a, reser- a re, uh, resurgence of Lindsay Lohan. She's the new Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, okay. I mean, maybe. Um, but let me ask you this, Chris. If sure. not Lindsay Lohan, do you have anyone in mind that could play Barbara Gordon? Oh man! <laughs> wow, nobody off the top of my head. Uh, and I'm usually up on the redhead. Now. I got I got one name for you. Amy Adams. Oh, I mean that's a good one too. But no, she's already Lois Lane. She's Lois like she's Lois Lane in the DCEU already. I don't, is that still a thing? What, what DCEU? Right. No, my my thing is that she's already, of course, she would join the Evans list if this were the case. But I'm talking about none other than uh, Karen Gillian. Oh, Nebula, oh, yeah. Nebula herself. Yeah, she got about half a foot on Gary Oldman, but yeah. Oh, well, I guess it's not Nolan universe any, anymore. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that would work. Yeah. yeah, that would really work. Mm-hmm. I think I think she would nail it, but you know. Uh, would they look in that direction? I think you really could do it too, because Nebula is like, you know, she's so alien, and <laughs> and with the makeup and the way they do that character, it's yeah. it, it's not like you can tell that that's her, really. Right. Yeah, yeah, and they're not doing the whole vision with Paul Bettany thing, where it's like he just has a gem now in the trailers. Right. Whoa, gem. <laughs> truly outrageous. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. That's right. <laughs> Jim resets two podcasts in a row. You <laughs> thought you were done with it in 2017. No, ma'am. No, sir. It's coming back in 2018. We'll see how many more times I can squeeze that in there. All right. Let's get on to the Powies. Uh, first category is... Do you, have a, do you have a thing for this? Do you, do oh, you uh, want to throw anything out let me, there? Let me find the correct one. Uh, I, I think you say we're, we're running right into the nominations, right? So Yeah. Category Best New Character. <laughs> okay, so just you just gave everyone a heart attack. I wonder how many like <laughs> accidents. It, heaven forbid that anybody did speed for the first time just as they were listening to the podcast because they're <laughs> definitely overdosed now. Um, best New Character. We have Vice Admiral Holdo from Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Runaways. Lord Dern. Lord Dern. The entire cast of Runaways. From the Hulu, Hulu, I can't see. I set myself up for failure here because I went from I went from Holdo, and then I tried to say Hulu. That was my mistake. I shouldn't have done that. Something more like. (laughs) Oh my god! All right, we got Holdo. We got Runaways. X twenty three from Logan. Korg. From Thor Ragnarok and Valkyrie from Thor Ragnarok. So, right (laughs) off the bat, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Let's let's throw a little behind the curtain. By the way, so Chris and I came up with all the nominations this year, but we did consult with a group of uh, former uh, guests that have come on the show. We also mm-hmm. talked to Ig, of course, and we all sort of came into a consensus. We have a few pulled quotes from the gallery as well as we get to them. But we did kind of come to consensus answers for these. But this was by far 
to me, I think, and I, I don't think you could argue otherwise, the hardest category yeah. to figure <laughs> out because <laughs> all of these are strong contenders. This is the USA 92 Dream Team. I mean, this is Jordan and Bird and Johnson. Isaiah Thomas. Barkley. Oh, Uh-oh. <laughs> Barkley and Robinson. It's like, you know what I mean? So, I, I, oh, geez. Like, Laura <laughs> Dern doesn't get a lot of time, but everything that she does in the Star Wars movie is pretty great. I don't think I've heard, as much as people have bitched about this movie, I don't think many people ever bring her up when they're complaining about it. Uh, well, she, yeah, just hot takes here and there. A little bit, little, little bit, but not. God, we'll say that for the obnoxious category. Right. Uh, uh, she, she is so, well limited screen time, like you said, but everything she does matters in that movie. Oh, very much so. So, so much so that again, and I said this in the previous podcast, she is responsible for the greatest scene in Star Wars history. Yeah, <laughs> single scene is her, is her character. Uh, she causes it. It's amazing. Uh, Runaways. Oh, man. I mean, that so show. <laughs> I almost <So> wish. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I almost wish. That's all my comment. I'm so I'm really glad that this is the show we got. I wish. I kind of wish we would put Fancy Gert as best new character. Oh, And dude. then I think she kind of wins hands down. Uh, we might have to give that its own category. Who is the fanciest Gert? <laughs> Nominees are Gert. Gert, 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 Daisy Johnson. <laughs> uh, and and Daisy almost wins it, but it's fancy Gert. It's Gert. Gert wins. <laughs> Fanciest Gert. Um, but yeah, just I have a feeling we're gonna talk about Runaways a little more later. But just even as an ensemble, best new character, they're great. Up and down. There's no weak link on that roster. No. There's yeah. no. There's no. Uh, you know, there's, there's no Terry Porter dribbling the ball out of bounds in, <laughs> in that roster. Um, what if he can? What if he needed corrective vision all this time? <laughs> it was too proud to admit it. You know, if there were ever an NBA player that would be too proud to get corrective <laughs> vision surgery, it would be Terry Porter. Like hands down, would be Terry Porter. Um, Korg, Korg, I'll say right now. Ig really uh, stumped, I guess is the word. Uh, he really championed this uh, character as the winner for this category. Best in character, Korg. Out of uh, nowhere. Nobody was talking about Korg. <laughs> nobody. Nobody nobody gave a shit about Korg at all coming into Thor Ragnarok. And honestly, you leave that movie maybe having the most fun with him over any of the other characters in the movie. Like most of the lines that I recite with uh, my brother, <laughs> with other other comic nerds, have been Korg lines from that movie. Like, uh, uh, oh, Mix did. Oh, Mix yeah, did. Yeah, stepped on him in the commotion. Or whatever. Yeah. I was like, what does he say? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, he's not dead. He's like, uh, get out of here, ghost. Piss off, ghost. Piss off, ghost. God damn. <laughs> Piss off, ghost, man. It's so good. <laughs> Favorite line from his has to be the when Oh he, baby, oh baby, oh baby. It was just <laughs> the shout out to Rocco. Yeah, I mean, that's a deep cut. Going way back in the way back machine, Korg, uh, killing it in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, 
I think this is the this is maybe the problem here though because the other nominee, one of the other nominees in this category, is also from Thor Ragnarok. It's Valkyrie. Yeah. And I know you were a big fan of Tessa Thompson's performance. We had even gotten uh, kind of wind of how good she was going to be in this movie because I remember the week leading up to the release, all of the uh, the press kind of the the reviews that they did, those non spoiler reviews, were all talking yeah. about Tessa Thompson. And saying how she just really uh, embraced the role and, and did a fantastic job with it, and no argument here. Yeah, no, we were a little weary because they were kind of like um, just really glowing and like completely just, just effusive, like a family member would be about like you know uh, your recital in, in uh, fifth grade. But no, she she earned that. Yeah, she swaggers onto the scene to the movie like the crazy drunk girl she is, and falls off a plank it, it's amazing who hasn't uh, known a valkyrie in their lives in their own personal lives we've all known at least one so <laughs> i think the coolest thing about valkyrie's character was um kind of thor's reaction to her uh he, he was like oh I, I so wanted to be a valkyrie when i when i was little but then i found out they're women and it was sad i couldn't be one he like geeks out over every little piece of armor and like kit right she has. right that's really yeah cool even the sword right like he sees the sword he he freaks out over it <laughs> Uh, that being said, Logan was a fantastic film and Hugh Jackman was really great in it. Uh, Patrick Stewart, I would argue mate did the best job he's ever done with professor X. And that being said, that movie does not work without X 23's Laura Kinney. Yeah. Yeah. Really different take from the comic book version of Laura. Um, of X twenty three at least, and yeah, it it really pulls it off. This character doesn't speak for like most of the film, <laughs> which yeah. does speak. It's an angry Spanish really quickly. <laughs> it's it's crazy because yeah, so much of what she does is physical, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's just you know. And the funny thing is, I st- I still don't know how to pronounce the actress's name. I really I. I should get on this but for for those longtime listeners you know that i'm really bad with these things i think it's it's a daphne keen daphne keen oh daphne yeah close enough man daphne keen fernandez is actually her full name oddly enough she's of british and spanish descent but i digress i miss keen does a keen job oh no of oh my god oh I'm physically hurt. Oh my god! I don't. I don't know if I can, man. That those tiny shoulders bared a heavy load in that film, and I, I just I think in this category again, what I which I definitely would argue is the hardest one for us to have have come to a consensus on. Every every nominee in this category was amazing and a standout. I think we give it to X-23 here. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm, I'm, as much as I like Valkyrie, uh, Valkyrie, as much as I like Holdo and any of the Runaways, uh, that performance was amazing. Uh, yeah, it was incredible to see her hold her own, like fighting alongside Logan at the, like, the last scene. And it was an incredible job. Yeah, it's... I'll tell you what, she does better than that kid in, in the Shane movie that they keep playing in the background. <laughs> that fucking kid, that, that little redhead dolt. 
What is he? Do you stop stealing screen time from Keen? All right. No one likes she even you. Even mine's better than you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. In in a total baller move, she <laughs> says your lines better than you did, kid from sixty years ago. <laughs> Eat it. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the next category. Uh, do you want it? Do you want to give us a heart attack again? Is that... <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much more the fans will take, but I'm willing to do it. Just, uh, just, just this go. This is the most obnoxious thing that happened last year, 2017. Much less this musical loop. This is so annoying that you will not be able to get out of your brain. Oh man, that that's really appropriate. That is a very <laughs> annoying uh, song. That's from what Marvel vs. Capcom 2, I think. <laughs> New Age of Heroes. Oh man, such a great game, but geez, that that theme song. All right, most obnoxious thing to happen in 2017. Our nominees are the Marvel Lenticular covers. Ooh. <laughs> okay, and we'll discuss all these in just a second. Like, uh, how Justice League turned out. Ooh. <laughs> the fan reaction to Star Wars The Last Jedi. Ooh. <laughs> and how the Spider-Man movie trailers basically Ooh. ruined the movie. Like, really didn't ruin it, but they, they give away the, every plot point in the film. They keep showing more and more. It's they so just, ridiculous. They didn't need to. They didn't need to. Okay, but let's 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 kind of let's shake this down. Um, you know, we 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 get feedback every now and again that we don't cover the comic publishing side that much. That's true. We don't. We pepper it in here and there. Uh, to be honest, most of everyone that listens to this podcast likes the TV and movie stuff, so that's what we focus on. That being said. Uh, you know, we had talked out earlier in the year when DC did these really cool Batman and Flash lenticular covers uh, that were really amazing. And they, they really, really are. It's, it's for a, a story arc called The Button, which sort of incorporates um, Watchmen into the DC comic universe. It's, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Bringing um, out or kicking and screaming back. <laughs> oh, he's so angry. That man is full of rage. Uh, he, but he was god to destroy them all but the uh the covers are amazing they're really well done they're they're beautiful uh if you if you can try to go out there on the ebay or wherever you might buy a comic book try to try to grab these books they look really really great that being said marvel being obnoxious as they are uh said we can do you one better we can do you 100 better because uh. they literally came out with I think to this point they've they've come out with over seventy lenticular covers. Ah, uh, jeez, guys, could you it slow it down like a bit? It sounds like you're turntabling. You're scratching it up <laughs> whenever you go to the comic store, just brushing past them. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, it's it's. it's um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know why they felt they needed to do that. Uh, I mean, maybe somebody told them go big or go home, and they just really took it to heart. Uh, it's really annoying, and it worries me because it's that kind of shit that could eventually collapse the publishing side of comic books, which would suck because there's a lot of great stories out there, especially from a lot of the independent publishers. Um, Calig is it for one, and you know, Redneck, I think. Anyway, um, what's that one? Why weren't you reading? Graham, oh, a- the Material Girl. Uh, the one I'm reading is right now is Kingsman. Yeah, the Kingsman. I was going to say that Kingsman book. Isn't that one really good too? So, you know, it just sucks to, to see Marvel, 
just really make the wrong move here. You know, it's funny because on the film side, the MCU and Disney seem to make pretty much every, all the right moves. But on the publishing side, like Marvel just can't stay out of its own way. I don't, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Justice League. Well, I mean, it did worse than Man of Steel. So, oh, that's, oh, no. that's the thing. That's not what you want. Um, yeah, uh, I don't even know what to say about this movie anymore. I tried. Just like Josh, I tried. <laughs> tried it wasn't that bad. I liked it. Uh, at the end of the day, it was a passable, it was a solid three on a, you know, out of five scale. Uh, it had some flaws, but nothing that really detracted like for the other DCEU movies. Um, it was passable. That's true. I actually, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Um, it's, it's definitely, other than Wonder Woman, probably the most enjoyable of the films. Uh, but that being said, when you're the least grossing film in the franchise, and you're the Ooh. big team-up fi- like, that's that's really this bad. <laughs> you know, to say that the, the execs are probably disappointed would be probably the understatement of the year for them. <laughs> it's, it's really bad. Uh, the Spider-Man trailers. Here's the thing. That movie oh, was... So, yeah. I got, got, a, I got a thing for Spider-Man. Oh, uh, so. Here you go. Oh, that web slinger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is how good that movie is. That movie is so good that even though they showed you the entire progression of what the film is going to be, beginning, <laughs> middle, and end, in the trailers leading up to the film, when I saw the movie... It was still wholly enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Um, and it really, it, in a very weird way, it was very much about the journey and not the destination. Because mm-hmm. we kind of all knew where the destination was going to was gonna drop us uh, because of the trailers. I almost... They, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, okay. If they had shown, like, the Michael Keaton reveal, like, or I guess Vulture reveal, uh, when he opens the door... If they yeah. had shown that in the trailers, then this would definitely run away with that uh, with this category. Yeah, I mean that would have been that would have been revealing Doomsday in the trailers level bad. <laughs> of, uh, that happened. Uh, no, that, no, that happened. That is real. DC man, they uh, can't stay out of their way on the film side. Uh, yeah, but you know that being said, the movie's still great. So even though the trailers tried their damnedest to to ruin it, they didn't. So I can't give it to them, right? right? The winner of most obnoxious thing to happen in 2017 mm-hmm. is the fan reaction to Star Wars: The Last Jedi. God damn it! I mean, we kind of covered this in long form on the last podcast. If you all haven't heard it, please feel free to go into the archive and download <laughs> and listen, like, review, and subscribe. All that fun stuff. Uh, we, it's Neil before pod. Neil before pod. On Facebook, and uh, you know, we we really break down what our issues were. I just want to throw something out here real quick, and that's that uh, Marcus said something, and I think it sort of echoes what you you said on the other podcast. But he, you know, he said that um, that the uh, that the 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 most. I'm gonna get the quote wrong now. I thought I had it here, and I can't find yeah, it. I'm right here. Uh, okay. Nope. Hate Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. No one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. There you go. Um, he's not wrong. <laughs> uh, it's it's been real disheartening 
to see, and I think it really what it boils down to is that it's by far not a majority voice out there that is that is being so hypercritical of this movie. It's a minority voice, but they're just so loud and they're so obnoxious about the way they uh, engage with this film. You know, it's funny as we're, we're like, you know, you and I talk a lot as we're running up to to do the show. And I every day, every day for like what a week at least, I've been sending you yeah. one at least one screenshot a day of yeah. here's here's a Star you know, Wars article, <laughs> and then here's a comment by some asshole just being ridiculous. <laughs> it's usually all in caps. It's usually attacking like one of the actors personally. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's real mess, man. Like the movie took chances. I get it if you don't like all of the ways that it happened, but for anything to grow you have to you have to make you have to be willing to change and you have to sacrifice what is old and 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 move beyond it i just i I don't you have to be paying attention to the fucking story i mean the biggest gripe with me is that uh all of these criticisms all all these faults that they have with the movie were fucking emotional faults that were more like opinions like so yeah, you can have bad taste, you can have poor judgment, you cannot pay attention to the movie, but that's not the movie's fault. It, it, uh, how the fuck did that get twisted? It, of course you're not going to see every single thing you want. I haven't seen every single thing I wanted, but since I judge movies on their own rubric, on, based on the rules that they put out there, then I can analyze, then I can properly kind of like look at it and judge it by, you know, on an evil, even playing ground. I mean, Christ almighty, uh, it, I, I've heard what the people had to say, and the people are fucking stupid. <laughs> it's like we've said before. It's like you're entitled to your opinion, but you, you know you're also wrong. Uh, <laughs> and the other thing is, you also don't have to dig that deep. Just and f- try to enjoy something about the movie. You know, like I I tried to find something to enjoy about Suicide Squad. Uh, you know, like it. You just try. <laughs> like oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Uh, she sounded more like you don't have the balls. Oh man, I totally forgot about that. Uh, can I just retroactively somehow make that the worst thing? I know it didn't happen in 2017, <laughs> but can it? It just it like reverberated into the year. No, maybe yeah. we should give it to to Enchantress. Um, <laughs> she blue lighted her way into the. Oh, uh, she she jiggled, danced, and blue lighted her way to 2017. <laughs> Stunning and disappointing all of us in the process uh but yeah but seriously Star Wars fans just fucking cut it out please just have a good time i look it, back if you're not gonna that, have a good no that some people went to the links of employing bots to try and fucking drag down that rotten tomato score as much as they could that's fucking extra what the fuck are you doing <sighs> go just stay home and go watch the uh the original trilogy so go watch Go watch the Star Wars Christmas special. Holiday, I'm sorry, holiday special. Go watch that. Go go watch that. Watch it. It's ten minutes of Wookiees. Just, <laughs> just no subtitles. Oh, wait, word? No, oh, yeah. <laughs> ten minutes of no subtitled Wookiee talk. It's See, I would got- <laughs> no, it's not good. It is, it is. It's not one of those things that's so bad that it's good. To get, no, it's it's just. 
It, hurt, it hurts to watch oh, that. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> no, because that, that movie's a masterpiece. It's a goddamn <laughs> masterpiece. All right? The Room is amazing. Please at me. <laughs> and by the way, he's saying hi to Mark Hamill. So yeah, it's oh, good. Is, canon. Um, we'll probably throw that, that link on here, actually, on the thread. Uh, there's a really awesome... Somebody put together The Room... And Star Wars, and they like cut it together to make it like a movie. It's so good. It's a trailer. We'll definitely throw that on the thread. Um, but yeah, so most obnoxious things, Star Wars fan reaction. Yeah. Next category is best TV slash streaming show 2017. Your nominees are. I, I, I ran out of stuff to play. That's okay. <laughs> I don't need the heart attack song again, so it's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, nominees are Runaways, Shield, Flash, Arrow, Punisher. Punisher. Now here's the thing: we do need to make a. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I'm blanking. Uh, like a like a side note. Amends. Uh, ah, I mean amends too. Yeah, I mean to an extent. And- uh, we have not watched the Punisher yet. Uh, it's gonna happen one of these days, so we can't vote for the Punisher. It's probably really good. It might be. <laughs> it might be so good that it deserves to win. But, hey, we can't vote for the Punisher. Someone we haven't seen. You heard it here first. Yeah, it's nominated based solely off of the 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 internet noise that I see. About the show, uh, yeah. So, it, but it, okay, but so we can't win. So sorry. We'll, we'll get around to it. We will get around to it. And if it's so amazing, we have to retroactively come back to this and give it the award. We can oh. do like a like a Moonlight. What was the other movie? Oh, La La Land. La La Land <laughs> Moonlight situation. <laughs> um, but the the winner of Best TV. Oh wait, well let, let's let's. I'm sorry, we need to kind of go through these real quick. Uh, so we were doing through Punisher, mm-hmm. uh, Runaways. We've already talked about earlier, uh, kind of with the, the best new character. That show is far and above better than anything we could have hoped for. Yeah, uh, yeah. This ex- this year gave us like Iron Man, or no, not Iron Man. Jesus, <laughs> Iron Fist, Danny Rand. Over and over again. Uh, it gave us the Defenders. It gave us some stuff that was kind of hit and miss on Marvel TV side. And then, because Runaways is by far one of my most coveted properties. Um, and I was kind of apprehensive going into it. I was like, oh, no, Marvel's been catching a couple L's. It might be spelled M-A-R-V-E-L-L-L-L by the end of the year. But, no, it picked it up. Like, it's a, it, Granted, the source material doesn't really... It, it, stays faithful to it for a couple episodes, but then it starts developing its own narrative because this is a different world than back when it first came out in the early 2000s. Right. So it's taking a different turn, and it's almost the better for it. Uh, it's really good. I think that's really important to note about this show is that when it was originally written, it was very much of the time in which it was written, which was important because mm-hmm. of the age of the characters. It's very coming of age in a lot of ways, and they decided to make uh, uh, Brian K. Vaughn decided to make 
that coming of age literally happened in those years, like in 2003, 4, 5, 6, whenever it was. The fact that you have that show coming out now in 2017, they did the smart thing and they said, okay, well, what would it be like to make a coming of age story but now? Mm -hmm. And it's a seamless transition the way they do it. They stay faithful to the characters in a way that you almost don't see in any other adaptation. Oh, for real. It's really great. Uh, Flash and Arrow. Uh, Flash was really, really good in 2017. I almost been watch the whole season, I think in like maybe three days. Good God. Yeah. It really, it really grabs onto you. They do some really cool stuff. Arrow is chugging along. Honestly, Arrow's losing a little bit of steam. Uh, but, you know, if it weren't for Arrow, then, you know, Flash and all the other CW shows probably wouldn't have happened. So we got to gotta give Arrow some props. Mm. But the winner for best TV streaming show. Ooh. I think if if you had said out of these nominees, who is like the darkest of horses? The latest submission in the year. S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean... I, and I've I've told I don't know it's so funny because I know a lot of people that have watched the show they saw maybe the first one two or three seasons mm-hmm. they kind of they kind of lost it in the shuffle and that's fine but I know a lot of people that have seen at least the first season I know a lot of people that have never seen Shield at all and I keep telling everybody you gotta watch this season uh, they do so... yeah please no like just. It's like having a Marvel movie every week, as long as the season runs. It's it's great the way they've been able to get into their kind of rot- uh, rotation for directors and writers, and uh, how well each character is kind of like kept in the mix. It's it's amazing to watch. This is going to be too high of a praise, but it's the kind of the best comparison I can give. It reminds me of some of the some of Breaking Bad. In the way that each episode builds on the mythology of the story arc of the season, but also just really nails all these important smaller narrative beats within that particular episode. Oh, yeah. Um, Not to mention that one Leopold Fitz, (laughs) as it Fitzgerald, but Leopold Fitz is... Crushing it in this season, and I'm such a fan of that character. I've <laughs> I've, I've gushed about him before. Uh, it's, it's no nothing new to anyone who's listened to the show. Um, oh, they're just giving him some juicy bits, some delicious <laughs> scenery to chew on in 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 this in this season, and just the 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 conceit of the show for this season is really interesting. Talk about taking chances. It's yeah. Yeah. It's they've managed to, in like, cause this has been a, this has been a uh, complaint about shield before is that it wants to be a bigger budget show than it is. And sometimes it looks that way and it's like, Oh no, they've run out of money. Uh, they've done a really good job this year of making every episode just look really nice. Yeah. Production yeah. value wise. I mean, as soon as like, and it's not giving too much, but like uh, it's set in space. And as soon as like one of the 
bigger vehicles like that they uh, kind of go around in is shown on TV uh, on the screen. It's like I thought it was like the fucking uh, like a Ravager ship at first. It, it, the the graphics are on that level. Yeah, yeah. They. I mean, I, I, I. Do you think it's the best season of Shield so far? It's the it's the most insane opening <laughs> of any other seasons. Uh, yeah, I think so far. Uh, season two is really good. It is. Uh, yeah, it's really really good. There's a lot going on in there. It's like. It's like Winter Soldier levels of good. Um, so, but so far, it's been pretty amazing what they've been able to accomplish. Yeah, it's a really great ride. And, you know, there's talks that this might be the last season. I I definitely don't want to see the show go now because it really seems like they, they've got a really good creative team in place. But if this is the last season, man, it is it is <laughs> really great. So, okay, so that's the winner for Best TV Show Streaming Show is uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Congratulations. <laughs> so many different sounds. <laughs> uh, all right. Best Ensemble. And the nominees are... Oh, baby, oh, baby. Yeah, I mean, sort of. <laughs> sort of, Rocco. Uh... Korg and the Thor cast are one of the nominees. Oh, yeah, to throw him out there first. <laughs> uh, Defenders. I'm Danny Rand. Shield. Uh, I'm Daisy Johnson. There you go. <laughs> Destroyer of Worlds. Uh, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Volume 2. The Guardians. The Logan crew from Logan. And in, in, in this instance, we mean. I guess we mean X-23, Wolverine, and Professor X. Yeah. But you could also argue that it's like the mutant kids at yeah. the end. Yeah. And and then uh, run and then Runaways. Corn. Oh, mm-hmm. Runaways? The Runaways is in this category? There they go. Look at them. They zoom in past, man. Look at <laughs> All right. Defenders... That's a pretty uh, there. There is a show. There is a created creative item that does I feel truly deserve the divisive nature by with which people react it. Okay, mm-hmm. because it it is a little all over the place. Uh, when it's good, it's really good. When it's bad, it's not great. It's Danny Rand. <laughs> it's Danny Rand levels of bad, and there's a reason for that. That's because Danny Rand is in it. In it to lose it. Um. So, I mean, I can't give it to them, but, it, you know, it has its moments, and I enjoyed I, it overall. Yeah, the best synopsis I've seen of Defenders has, uh, has been on from Twitter, uh, from DVS, uh, the only man who understands true humor on Twitter. Um, <laughs> shout out to at DVS Blast. Uh, he, he, he summarizes it like this. The Defenders, Daredevil, I'm blind, but I still law. Luke Cage, not in Harlem, you don't. Jessica Jones, you guys are butts. Iron Fist, <laughs> Iron Fist, karate's. Uh, that's the best. That I think. <laughs> you guys are butts. <laughs> you guys. Are butts. I. I'm gonna start using that so much, so much. Every time I see I one of those. <laughs> every time I see one of those damn Star Wars fans, <laughs> getting all in a twist about the Last Jedi. <laughs> It is her popping the tall boy and you guys are butts. Just going to bed. Dropping a you guys are butts. 
<laughs> on him every time. So good. Um, wow. Uh, Shield, we just talked about it. Uh, the cast is great. Um, it does a really good job of integrating the ensemble cast of that show. Guardians, also good. Uh, I think when you and I talked about this off the air, though, ultimately it felt like the moments between the team felt a little more genuine in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. And to quote the big, uh, the big homie, uh, fuck baby Groot. Is that wow. yeah. the hot way that he had? Yeah. What's up, baby? Yeah. I remember, in fact, if I remember correctly, he was like, man, fuck baby Groot. That's, that's what it was. That's, that's, how what it said, was. that's how he said it. With his chest. <laughs> with his chest. He said it with his chest. Uh, the Thor peeps. Uh, so we got Valkyrie, maybe Loki, Korg, uh, Thor. All great. Uh, director Taika Waititi did a fantastic job of bringing this wild bunch of characters onto the screen. Um but at the end of the day, it still very much feels like a Thor film. It's Thor. It's Thor's film. What? Uh, oh, it looks like Justice. Did I mention Justice League? Are they? Why are they in this category? Uh, Justice League. Eh, I mean, Flash is okay. Wonder Woman's really great. I actually like how Cyborg was handled in the movie. Yeah, I kind of wish they'd given him more to do. Uh, he did anything. say Booyah too. I, I see. I think they won too many points from you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's like, oh, that's a point on your record. Your entrance is going to go up. Logan crew. Uh, yeah, we already talked about X-23. She really yeah. stood out. Uh, Hugh Jackman is tall as always. And again, Patrick Stewart uh, did really great. I think this is an instance where you've almost got an OKC, Carmelo, Paul George, Russell Westbrook situation Ooh. where they're all kind of stars. And so they're as good as they are. They're all so good on their own also that it sort of diminishes the ensemble. <laughs> Mellow's over there pulling up from 40. Just, <laughs> He's just bored out of his mind being OKC. Just ISOing out of his mind, yeah. Um, the winner of Best Ensemble is Runaways. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly what I wanted. I mean, you could not. This the casting job was so perfect for these characters. Uh, from Gert, uh, so fancy. Alex to Nico to Carolina. It was, yeah, <laughs> where they earned their money. The casting. By the way, job. whoa, 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 wait! Just shots fired at Chase though, because you like <laughs> you just named like everyone, but oh, I guess maybe Molly. Shots fired at yeah. Chase and Molly. <laughs> Runaways are a package deal, man. <laughs> they know. Yeah. They know. They, they already know. know. They know. They know. Although, oh, that Gert, she's so fancy. <laughs> so fancy is that Gert. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this show a lot, despite the fact that they haven't won a category until just now. Uh, it's a great show. If you're not watching it, watch it. It's on Hulu. Um, it's 10 apps. Actually, I think the last episode came out today. I haven't seen it yet. It, it's it's so good it's so good just yeah, watch it it's amazing because like not only are the uh, the kids like the focus focus point but the parents also get developed in this one uh which is kind of a take you know it's a divergence from the source material but it, i mean why wouldn't you like you, they did a really good job casting these guys too yeah yeah they really do 
the other thing is, we are singing the praises of the show. There are, don't get us wrong, there are flat moments yeah. in certain episodes. The reason why I don't the series. Yeah, certain things are a little clunky at times. But by and large, when you take this relatively unknown property and really just nail the essence of these characters and are able to put them in new situations that are so engaging and it really takes you on a ride. It takes you on an adventure, uh, this show and, and you know, really well-deserved earned best ensemble runaways. All right. What's that? Couldn't agree more. Next category. Best villain. Uh Oh, that's a villain. Yeah, this is... Oh, they're coming, dude. You hear them? They're in the distance. Man. Oh, no. They're coming. Oh, is here that, comes the train. Is, it a, is, it, is, that a, is that a gray CGI character? Is it a, is it a villain from the DCEU? That's what oh, it sounds no. like. Just a gray mass, and I don't it's even... Night. Nobody can see anything. It's at night. There's smoke for some reason. Even though there's no fire anywhere, there's just smoke. <laughs> oh no! There's one civilian out in the grounds. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> oh no, Tommy! <laughs> get out of there, Tommy! Get out of there! Go look for Denny. <laughs> Fucking Denny. Villains, <laughs> uh, uh, villains, villains are interesting because in the comic books, villains. I don't even think it's arguable. 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 <laughs> I can that. talk. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, they are the more dynamic and interesting characters in the comic books. A lot of times it's said that heroes are only as good as their villains. That's what makes Batman so great and Spider-Man from Marvel. For some reason in film, this is a, this is a problem. Yeah. It, it, a lot of even the good villain characters are a bit one note or they seem similar it's really, for whatever reason, it's been hard to really make them stand out. That being said, we have five. Yeah, okay, so not, not uh, these aren't, some of we these are definitely eight. the cream of the crop, but we kind of threw a couple in. You'll see. <laughs> not really best villain, <laughs> but you'll see. Uh, we've got Hela from Thor Ragnarok. Oh. Okay, Kate Blanchett, just crushing it. Uh, mm -hmm. Ego. From Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That's Kurt Russell. We've got Vulture. Uh, Michael Keaton from Spider-Man Homecoming. And Poppy. Uh, Dame, I am forgetting. Uh, Line. Oh, Line. Uh, Julianne I Moore. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, Julianne Moore. <laughs> Uh, Julianne Moore from uh, Kingsman Golden Circle and making a triumphant return into this category. Back to back? Back to back. The Warner Brothers execs. Oh, no. Just... Right. That's what I heard earlier, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> there they are. There they are. Run and hide. Duck and cover. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Your, your cinematic universes are not safe. Take them into the bunker. They are not safe. It is not safe. Okay, let's go through these nominees. Kate Blanchett is Hela in Thor Ragnarok. Um, really 
really brought a lot of gravitas, I feel, to this role, to the idea of a villain in the Marvel in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Just was a real threat at all times. Yeah, as soon as she showed up, like her presence, (laughs) she just took over that scene. She felt like a true older sibling for uh, Thor and Loki, too. That was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot was made of Wonder Woman, uh, Gal Gadot's uh, performance as Diana Prince in Wonder Woman. And that's great. She's great. We'll definitely talk about her in a little bit. But I think Cate Blanchett did a lot, sort of in the same vein, but for the villain role. Mm-hmm. As a female villain... You never question her power. Oh, no. You never question her motivation. You don't question whether she should be there or if they should be afraid or worried about what she's going to do because they should definitely be afraid and worried about what she's going to do. Yeah, she even has that really cool moment where she kind of like reveals the true past of uh, Asgard. Yeah. And she kind of unveils the the first fresco that Odin had ma- uh, made for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Not not a lot to find fault in this one. Not a lot of fault to find. I mean, uh, really, really great. Really, really great. I, in other in other years, I think she definitely would have won. To be mm-hmm. honest, we've got Ego, the Living Planet. We've got Kurt Russell doing all sorts of good, yummy, yummy, yummy Kurt Russell things pop, in Peter. in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. We've got him as a little man riding a ship. Uh, we've got him sweet talking some ladies you know that he loved that scene too he was like oh yeah this is just like in the late 70s and 80s I I, kind of feel though he might have been a little confused as to why the CGI makeup didn't leave with him when he left the set Uh, little known fact they had to shut down James Gunn had to shut down production for three days because he had an emotional crisis. <laughs> he couldn't leave that moment behind once he had it again in his head. He's like, I'm at the height of my powers. All the women want me. <laughs> Kurt Russell, damn it. Wanted not, across the universe. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Uh, Ego is great. Very charming. That dude is just so charming on, on, this, on the big screen. Uh, like, could not be charming. If he tried, right? Did I say that right? I don't know. Sort of. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he he's really, he really nails it. Uh, there are a lot of ways that that character could have gone wrong. And, yeah. uh, Carpenter, he plums the pipes, uh, lays down the, the wood. And- Stop it. Get some help. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, let's see. Who else we got? Oh, uh, Poppy. Have... Poppy. Poppy from the Golden Circle. <laughs> the drug Jul- Julianne Moore. Fa- fantastic actress. Yeah. What are you Great. doing in this movie? That movie they... itself, man. Oh, my goodness. Um, You know, that's just kind of funny. Thinking about the Golden Circle, the real villain at the end of the day, if you really think about it, is the president of the United States. <laughs> It's a more compelling one, at least. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's social commentary or what, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, just, 
I was really excited to see. Same thing with Halle Berry. I you saw oh, the trailer God. and there. What was that? I forgot she was in that. My yeah. God. You you see the trailer that one of the early teaser trailers and it's the one where they just bam they run through the names. Yeah. You know, Taron Egerton and Channing Tatum and Julianne Moore and Mark Strong with you know Jeff Daniels and Jeff Bridges. I'm sorry and uh, and Halle Berry. And I'm like, oh, awesome, 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 awesome. And then this is what we get. We get five seconds of Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. We get two minutes of, of Halle Berry. And we get this, like, nothing character from Julianne Moore. It was real disheartening. As you can tell, we didn't actually put her in here because we thought, you know, this was good. We just wanted to complain about the movie some more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That being said, uh, WB execs, I don't even want to spend a lot of time on this. They quotes from uh, co-conspirators. What was that? We do have some quotes from some co-conspirators. Oh, we do. Oh, yes, we do. We do. That is correct. So, again, we talked to the peanut gallery, lovingly called peanut gallery. And here's here's a quote from from Marcus. WB execs. How fucking hard is it to slap Justice League in a movie and not make it complete crap? At this point, I believe they just hate us and do it on purpose and laugh and light their cigars with $100 bills while petting their cats, plotting ways to kill Inspector Gadget. (laughs) Plus 100 points to the house of Marcus for the Inspector Gadget reset. So good. Um, Yeah, man, just... So, and that, you know, I apologize. I actually meant to put this in in terms of the, the news blurb for us before we started the, the Powies. Uh, they did uh, recently name a new director for for their, their DC Films division. Mm-hmm. I can't think of what the guy's name is right now. <laughs> we'll cover that on the next one. It's Zack Snyder. Oh jeez, no! It's some. It is some new guy. Uh, apparently, Jeff Johns is is not going to be really involved anymore. Oh. Um, Zack Snyder is not going to be as involved or involved. Uh, but I mean, we already talked about it. Justice League. It's the team up film. It's it's the the most expensive superhero film ever made, mm. and it was didn't. It was the lowest grossing film in the DCEU franchise. All of that is bad news. It got outdone by Ultron, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, if I remember correctly, um, Avengers made more its second week than Justice League did its first. Oh, that's... Oh, okay. (laughs) So, when you French fry, when you're supposed to pizza, you're going to have a bad time. But the... (laughs) The winner of best villain is Michael Keaton as Vulture as uh, as Adrian Toomes. Wow, uh, I still remember talking about when Michael Keaton first got signed on to Spider-Man: Homecoming as the Vulture, and just being blown away that that's who they got. And thinking, there's no way they can mess this up. 
right? <laughs> like, how can they mess this up? They're not the Warner Brothers execs. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of like we keep going back to. It's uh, top talents out there. Uh, granted, you took RDJ and turned him into top talent, uh, like not even A-list, but S-tier. Um, yeah, top talents out there. If you go, if you go a Colin, they might pick up. But like we just said about Golden Circle, you get top talent like Julianne Moore. <laughs> you but, put yeah, in, you, you put in the wrong hands. At some point, yeah, you're right. <laughs> there has to be a story <laughs> that they can use. Michael Keaton as Vulture in Spider-Man: Homecoming is a big part of why we we're talking about earlier. Harrow, even though they they tried to give everything away in the trailer. The movie was still so engaging, engrossing, and entertaining. And MK was a big reason for that. Yeah. Huge. Um, a quick quick couple of quotes from, from the gallery. Uh, James said, uh, The twist of him opening the door to Peter was the best moment of the year, cinematically, besides Holdo hyper-jumping through the ship, which, again, best Star Wars sequence of all time. Uh, in my book, and yeah, I don't. I think that's a true statement. I, that that moment when he opens the door, the entire theater gasped. Mm-hmm. On the multiple viewings that I have, every time they gasped. Um, we've talked about it at great length, and for those that want to refresh or hit it back in the archive, we did an episode that's a review of Spider-Man: Homecoming. We spent a lot of time on the scene in which Peter, um. Liz and and Adrian Toomes, Liz's dad, are all in the car together. Oh, what a sequence, man. And he realizes that Peter is Spider-Man, and then he's in the car alone with Peter, and that whole thing happens, that whole that whole uh Scorsese <laughs> taxi driver scene happens. Like That's it's what I care about. Yeah, it's intense. Uh, so good. So, so good. Uh, Jay had this to say. Uh, best villain, Vulture, hands down. Great to see an average Joe villain that didn't have a science experiment go wrong and wasn't over the top. Yeah. That's the other thing that made this character so great is that he had real motivation. Mm-hmm. He'd been screwed over by Stark and the government. He was just a dude trying to work hard, for, provide for his family. Yeah. Um, had real motivation and much like, uh, Hella, very threatening. Yeah. <laughs> he took it to places that were so real so quickly. Um, I thought it was great that the movie opened up with kind of his origin story. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like helping these, uh, crews, like a foreman for a crew trying to, you know, reclaim stuff, uh, clear debris out from the Chitari incident in New York and then gets just taken over by a stroke of the pen and a new government organization created with the help of Tony Stark. So that, that's a great origin. Yeah, it's so it's 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 three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. He's real agency, real stakes. You know, it it's 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 really good. It's really really good and I hope this is not the last we've seen of Michael Keaton in the MCU. That would be that would be a true travesty. Okay. Next category. We got two left. Next category is best comic book movie. Ooh. And your nominees are Spider-Man Homecoming, 
Thor Ragnarok Star Wars The Last Jedi Logan and lastly but not least Lee hmm? <laughs> Wonder Woman <laughs> excuse me Freddy uh, I, I don't think Star Wars is a comic book movie that's true that's true you're right there are Star Wars comics by the way I knew that was going to come up obnoxious comic book fan slash yes, you probably also hated The Last Jedi, so I don't care what your opinion is. Uh, I love the porgs, though. Yeah, everyone loves the porgs. <laughs> Why did I bring this upon myself? You're welcome, America and the world and the universe. The CBC universe. <laughs> um, yeah, the the some of the highest selling comic books are the Marvel branded Star Wars comic books, especially for the Marvel brand. Um, so they are definitely they have a very large footprint in the comic uh, industry. Sure. That being said, this is our podcast. Star Wars is too big to not include in this. Um, it's too much of a talking point in terms of the fan reaction, which we've already covered at length. Uh, and and just sort of culturally to to nerddom, it's it's yeah. too big not to include. It's sort of the origin story for modern day nerddom. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there was a bunch of like Metropolis heads back when. Oh, uh, you know, like what, like maybe <laughs> yeah, like Metropolis and like the those old Batman serials and the George Reeves Superman, whatever. But like, yeah, so it's there. Okay, it's there. Uh, let's let's look at let's take a look at these nominees though. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Wow. I mean, I think I think if we had to give a theme to the year 2017, it would be dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, yeah. But if we had to give a theme to to comic book movies, mm-hmm. I think it would be the year of taking chances. Yeah. With Thor Ragnarok, Marvel and Disney gave the reins to the Thor franchise to Australian director Taki Watiti. Taki. Oh, oh, uh, oh. I, I said it right earlier. Tak, oh, tak. no. Not even that. No, I, I think I might give you like an exaggerated version of that because uh, Taika Watiti. Taika Watiti. Tonka? I called him Tonka. <laughs> I called him a Tonka truck is what I did. He's proudly from New Zealand. Mixed dead. Oh, it's bad. It's a bad impression. I'm just getting the holes getting deeper. Um, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Uh, they entrusted Taika Waititi, and he did. He did something that I think a lot of fans didn't think was possible, which was he made a really good and interesting and entertaining Thor film. As a third, as a second sequel, as a third movie. <laughs> right, as the third one. It's not often the third one's the best one. Um, really great, great ride. What a fun, what a fun and fantastic ride this movie is. What is, what is your favorite part of Thor Ragnarok? Oh man. Oh no. Uh, and we did do a review on this one as well, guys. Uh, it's in the archive. Did it change? No, I think it's when, um, I, it's a Valkyrie part too, but it's when, uh, right. she comes in as I see Hulk for a second. And he calls her Angry Girl. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> I think good. That's my favorite part. It's good. No, it's good. There's there's so much 
in a movie filled with Asgardians and a gamma radiated Hulk monster and a, like a demon, like a fire demon. Sort of perfect sleeper. This, this movie has so much humanity in it. Mm-hmm. There's so many real moments between Thor and Loki as brothers. Oh yeah. There's, yeah. there's so much pain in Valkyrie's character. And her inability to deal with her perceived failings as a person, as an Asgardian, I guess. Banner's bewilderment, because he literally hasn't existed for two years. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, there's, Banner. There's so much in this movie. Uh, it's really great. It's just, it's so fun. But the, but you peel back the layers, and there's just so much to it. Really, really great film, of course. That's why it's nominated. However, not a winner, but, you know, still great. Uh, Logan. Logan, again, took a lot of chances. Did something really different with Wolverine, with the X-Men universe. Mm -hmm. Brought in a whole new character who didn't speak. For most of the film, <laughs> uh, really turned Charles Xavier on his head in terms of what it means to be that person. It it told a great story. Um, yeah. It really feels like kind of a real life and the consequences thereof. Or like the like you, we could have included that in the ensemble cast for Logan. Uh, because it, all those problems came to roost. Whether it was the government at large in that movie, going full dystopian, mm-hmm. kind of not unlike 2017. Uh, whether it was like um, the the corporations kind of farming uh, new mutants uh, for nefarious ends. Or anything in there. Like, it, it, it felt so real. The stakes were in, incredibly important immediately. Yeah, I think... I think of all of the movies that came out this year, this might be the one where if you have like a father who just doesn't get your geek shit, just doesn't understand why this stuff is important or fun to you, you sit them down and you watch Logan with them. I think it's the kind of movie where someone who doesn't give a crap about any of this stuff can watch it and be like, oof, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? There, there's, you know, it's just, it's unique that way. Um, really, really, really good film, though, Logan. Uh, I mean, all these films are, of course. Mm. Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Oh, man. How many times have you been to see it already, man? Oh, I've lost count. I have <laughs> literally lost count. I'm not even joking. That's not, a, that's for real? Movie pass guys dirty. Hashtag movie pass. What are you gonna do? Come fight me. Where are your hands at? This fucking Ponzi scheme. Jeez. Do you have? I hope they have like catcher mitts. Because <laughs> they're about to catch these hands. No. <laughs> if they're trying to take my movie pass card away, my movie pass card away from me. How long are we waiting for? Oh baby, oh baby, oh baby. Freddie getting spicy over here. I've seen so many movies with that movie pass card. They've got to be losing money. They have to be losing money because of me. Um, yeah, I've seen it a bunch of times. This movie is great. 
I love it. I understand some people don't like it. That's fine. You're wrong, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, it has the greatest Star Wars sequence. Probably the top two Star Wars sequences of all time. Maybe not. Oh, oh God, easily. I mean, no, no, no. I'll say it. Well, uh, I, I think, uh, I think, I think visually, I, yes. But I think there's something to be said about the Darth Vader reveal. Oh, when Luke's oh. hanging on it, like that's that's a pretty big. Yeah, that's a pretty narratively. <laughs> that's a pretty big moment. I, maybe I'll give that Save number two. Chest, buddy. Call your shot. But Snoke getting killed, Ray catching the lightsaber, and then Ray and Kylo going back to back to fight some some guards. Amazing. Oh, 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 so good. So good is that scene. The hyperdrive jump scene with Holdo. Out of sheer desperation to save Just the few remaining rebels. Literally have made people s- scream out, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple times. So many times. We, the last time I saw this movie, I saw it on IMAX. And uh, <laughs> there, was, there was a kid who was really confused. I feel that's like the level of most of the Star Wars detractors right now. Uh, he was—he kept asking his, his parents, like, "Oh, is, is what's going on? Is, why do you do that? What's going on here?" Um, but when that moment happened, I saw both—I heard both his mother and father who were sitting behind me. <laughs> when she hits the light speed, they go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> it was amazing. I, <laughs> if the IMAX screen wasn't filling my eyes, I would have bust out laughing. Oh man, it's so good! It's so good. It, it is literally worth the price of admission for that movie, <laughs> which again for me was free because Movie Pass. Oh, no. You're gonna pay for my movies. Oh no! <laughs> but I should get them to sponsor the podcast to see if like I would sponsor. I, I should reach out to them. I'm going to reach out to them. Um, <clears throat> that scene is worth the price of admission, though. Like, full admission. Like, $10, 13 whatever it is. Um, <laughs> you don't even know. Look at I you. don't even know anymore. I don't care anymore. I'm part of the, uh, <laughs> the bourgeoisies now. I'm just above it. I don't, I don't know. Let, let them watch movie fest. Yes. Let them watch. Let them eat popcorn. Uh, <laughs> where, where we go? Thor... Okay, or less. Okay, so it's it's, it's a great film, uh, but you know, all, there's only one winner in this category. Only one mm-hmm. winner. That's all I can say about it. It's only one winner. Wonder Woman. Wow. Yeah. This this movie. <clears throat> this movie did so much. It, it was a successful DCEU film, which is nothing to sneeze at. It's a compelling and entertaining film. It proved that a female superhero-led film, with solo film, was that with a female director with a fem- with a female director can succeed. Not only succeed, but smash expectations, mm-hmm. both critically and commercially. Um, it literally changed another film. Wonder Woman did so well that they added scenes to Justice League that featured Wonder Woman, which actually wasn't was a good move. That's yeah, they, yeah. I'm glad they did that. God, what would that movie have been with less Wonder Woman? Are are you saying you want to watch the Zack Snyder cut? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very pregnant pause. 
<laughs> had you had you for a second. Yeah. Um what what to you is the most important thing that the movie Wonder Woman accomplished this year? Or or most surprising, one or one or the other. Well, brought heroism back to superheroes. Um, it, yeah, if you think of one of the most compelling sequences, is probably the No Man's Land sequence, where she oh, kind of yeah. like she's the only one willing to fight her. She's the only one because of her agency, because of her powers, because she's the only one who gives that much of a damn. She'll she'll go out, and her her biggest move in that moment is defensive. She takes the oncoming onslaught by the by the Axis or I guess the German troops. Um, the machine gunners, they're just bearing down on her. They can't believe that she's taking all the punishment, but that's her. She, she cares this much. She, she's this invested in humanity. Through, she sees past humanity's faults, and I think that's truly heroic. Yeah, empathetic for sure, and definitely heroic. Uh, you know, she, she's literally the beacon of light uh, for this franchise, for the DCEU franchise uh just fantastic again this movie was, was a really good movie i i th- i think the one thing oh i got to tread lightly here before i start getting added oh like, no a million times is that all of the other films in the dceu stable are are so mediocre and or terrible oh yeah that with there's almost like a like a comparing a comparison bias here uh, where Wonder Woman looks maybe even just a little bit better because of what's around it. Mm. And that's fine. That's no fault of the movie, but I wonder if it were surrounded by, by the enjoyable films in the MCU universe, if it would feel so stand like if it would stand out as much hmm. and maybe it would, because it is still very different. Again, the theme, the year of taking chances, a, a female superhero-led film, right? It's female-directed movie. Yeah. yeah, come on. Where's that Black Widow movie? Seriously, fags? What the hell? I saw. You know what? <clears throat> Real quick, side tangent. I, I saw a trailer for a movie. I think it's called... <laughs> I think they even call it Red Sparrow. Oh, it's no. Starring Jennifer Lawrence, and she's like a like a spy or something. Katniss is back. Raised from like a child to be a spy. And I'm like, did they just make the Black Widow movie without Black Widow? Like, I got so mad. <laughs> I got so mad. Um, Wonder Woman is great, though. Only one movie can win. Mm-hmm. And I know that everyone is going to think this is the Homer pick. But Uh-oh. I'm not the only one who chose this. I'm not. I'm not. The winner for best movie 2017. Spider-Man Homecoming. Ooh. This movie had so much pressure on it. Um, it had to incorporate the MCU in the form of Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark. It had to introduce a slew of new characters, make us care about them, give them arcs it had to be entertaining it had to be funny and it also gave us something that i don't think we've ever gotten before which is saying something because this is the sixth 
movie in the Spider-Man franchise. Good God. Sixth. The sixth one. It gave us a truly genuine take on the character of Peter Parker in Spider-Man. Something that is so true to the character of who he is in the comic. Mm. The They've never achieved it on this level before. And the reason this movie wins over Star Wars, over Wonder Woman, is this is the sixth time they've had a chance to make this. It's almost and, like how many times the Matrix has uh, gone down. <laughs> right. And this was the best one. In what other movie franchise is the sixth movie the best one? And above way above and beyond the best one like far and above spider-man 2 being really good same remy's spider-man 2 is really great but it's got the best villain we already gave it to vulture mm-hmm. it's got the best version of peter parker the best version of spider-man the best version of spider-man's friend in ned Leeds. guy in the chair Guy in the chair. For those that read Ultimate Spider-Man or, or Miles Morales Spider-Man, he has a friend. I actually don't really know how to pronounce this name. It's G-A-N-K-E. It's Genki? Like that. I, th- I think. that That's his friend. That's Miles' friend in the comic. And Ned Leeds in this movie is essentially that character. <laughs> it's really cool how they kind of transposed it. Um. Again, I don't say this with any ego. I am the biggest Spider-Man fan I know. And and this movie was everything I've ever wanted a Spider-Man film to be. The portrayal of all the characters was so spot on. Uh and they also had to they all they also had to move away from all of that muddled history of the Spider-Man franchise. Yeah. That's not an easy task. Chris, what for you made Spider-Man Homecoming truly stand out? Uh, That only had one villain, really? (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad answer. (laughs) It's not a bad answer. No, everything uh, made sense. Everything kind of felt like, again, I think 2017 is kind of the year of chances, but it's also kind of the year of the real. It's like if you write from reality, if you write from something that makes sense, you know, at a personal level, it's going to be a better story. Um, Almost all the turns here felt like completely realistic. It, people were driven to situations that were extreme, and they either rose to them or they didn't. And that's exactly what a superhero movie needs to be. Uh, I, I love that it didn't give us the origin story for the seventeenth hundred time. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's really a testament because so, so many there have been so many cracks at this that so much of this movie could have felt like a retread. Mm-hmm. Hell, people hate The Force Awakens because it's essentially A New Hope 2.0. <laughs> people won't let that go. It's fine, yeah. but that's the thing. I don't hear anyone saying that about this movie. Right. Nobody's saying, oh, this is just like Tobey Maguire, or oh, this is just like Andrew Garfield. Nobody says that. <laughs> I literally have never heard someone nope. say that. Nobody. <laughs> I don't know. I think the another big takeaway is kind of how it seems to be carrying the torch for Marvel as a whole, going past Infinity War. Right. You know, that's the big question. Like, what happens in Avengers 4? What happens, like, is there going to be a changing of the guard? And honestly, we don't know. We don't know, right? Mm-hmm. 
But I think that's a smart idea. It's a smart move. You know, what if we bring in a Kamala Khan Miss Marvel? Or a Viv Vision? Or a Spider-Gwen? You could so easily see them existing in the Spider-Man Homecoming universe. Now you get to tell new Marvel Cinematic Universe stories. But instead of the, the protagonists being in their mid-30s, late-30s, and 40s, you're talking about characters in their teens and early 20s. That's going to open a whole new avenue of stories that you can tell. Mm -hmm. And it, it can be for a different demographic, and that's fine too. But it would feel like maybe maybe a necessary reprieve from what we're getting now because people are starting to talk about superhero fatigue, which to a point I think is sort of valid. Every mm -hmm. story we're getting for the most part outside of like runaways outside of gifted outside of a few things is centered around characters from about the ages of about 28 to 45. Everyone falls in that range or even 30 and 45. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the opportunity that Spider-Man homecoming provides and because it was so successful and because it was so well done, really on a larger scale can be truly impactful moving forward. That's why I think it wins best movie of the year. Oh, the hot take. Actually, not too hot, but we're going to give it some horns anyway. Some explosions. <laughs> there they are. Congratulations, Spider-Man Homecoming. All right, last category before we wrap it up for the evening. <clears throat> best comic book character after our namesake, of course, the comic book characters podcast. We have much like the best new character, all a plus nominees. We've got runaways. All of them. The whole cast, the whole team, not just Gert as much as I want it to be fancy. Gert. So fancy. So fancy. Uh, we got Kylo Ren. Oh, no. I know what you're saying, nerds. I know. I know he's not a comic book character. I know he's not like he doesn't have his own comic book. Yet. I might write it, and I might send it to Marvel and, and, and make them publish it. So we'll see. <laughs> he's going to be in a high-waisted pants all the time, no shirt, uh, all the time. I think the, my favorite part about the, Kylo, the, the Star Wars kind of fallout is that the emo Kylo Ren Twitter feed has picked up again. Uh, <laughs> yes. One of the best tweets that he sent out, or whoever's behind it sent out, is in Kylo Ren's voice. And when he's, uh, I just went to the gym and flexed his bicep. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, damn it. <laughs> he, he flexes his bicep. I've just been to the arms dealer. Flexes. Turns out, flexes other bicep. They deal to both sides. Oh, man. <laughs> God, so good. <laughs> oh, Kylo Ren's okay. okay. Kylo Ren, <laughs> Logan, Spider-Man, and Wonder Woman. Ooh, heavy hitters. We've talked about all of these characters. We've definitely talked about Runaways. We just talked about Spider-Man. We haven't talked that much about Logan, a little bit. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit more about L Logan right now. Logan 
uh, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine and Logan, or Logan, I guess, as he calls himself in that movie, uh, really, you really see a different take on the Wolverine character. He's not the superhero trying to save the day. The dude is barely cobbling together a life on a day-to-day basis. He's broken. He's beaten. He just kind of wants it to be over with. Feel you there, Logan. Hashtag same. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a real unique take on this character, on this very iconic character. And if it is, in fact, Hugh Jackman's last go as this character, I think a very, very fitting end. What to you stood out about this version of Logan? Um, he has like the... the Oh, he's so desperate in every situation he's in in this movie. He really just wants to get that boat, just get Charles to a safe place, and kind of he knows the end's coming. Uh, he's not healing like you he used to. Um, it's just that kind of sense of like knowing the inevitable is coming, um, and kind of being kind of frustrated with all the surroundings of it, like uh, still being idolized. Like when he grabs a comics from X twenty three, and is like, "This is all bullshit. None of this really happened. Most of this is made up." Um, but like he's done with everything. <laughs> this is like a you get to that age where you're like, fuck it, I don't care anymore. And that was a really cool portrayal. We never see the superhero kind of push to that, push to those limits. Yeah, it's a really, really interesting uh, take. It's a very d- different direction, like you said. We're able to see a character, a once world famous saver of worlds, at the end of his rope. Mm-hmm. He's done. He's he's just done. <laughs> I think a lot of us felt that way toward the end of 2017. So, yeah. go back and watch Logan. See how you feel. Really fantastic <laughs> uh, character, though, and uh, what a what a great send off. Honestly, mm-hmm. if if that's how it goes. Uh, another person that we haven't really talked about yet, but just did a bang up job, and and really a lot of this. Uh, you can hear on a lot on our last podcast over the Star Wars Last Jedi review, and that's Kylo Ren. Uh, we talked about him at, at great length in the last pod, so I don't want to spend too too much time talking about him. But we did talk about how by the end of the Last Jedi, it's very apparent that this story is is very much Ray and Kylo Ren's story mm-hmm. equally in so many ways, both visually and narratively the story is shown to be theirs. And Kylo Ren as a character is doing things in the Star Wars universe that we've never seen a character do. Literally trailblazing. He's like the... He's better than Anakin at this point. He he is the supreme leader. He he has amassed the power on his side. Uh, Yeah. As so much... He can do whatever he wants at this point. Yeah, yeah, he can go follow the Millennium Falcon and try to take him out. He can just leave him alone. He can just go mess around with the other 99.9% of the galaxy. <laughs> uh, he can do whatever he wants. It, it's funny you bring up Anakin. Uh, this is one of the things I think that makes Kylo Ren so great is that he's everything that Anakin should have been. Yeah. He's so conflicted, so torn between the light and the dark. Um, always always eventually sort of falling to the dark side, but there's so much conflict in him and it's so expertly portrayed by Adam driver. Mm -hmm. 
that it it it's just so evocative and it, it makes you wonder like what the prequels could have been if they were in the hands of an actor like this and with a better writer yeah that story could have been just infinitely better <laughs> one of the one of the greatest things that for me um when I was watching it, uh, even the first go around, because um, I was paying attention to the movie, goddammit, um, it was whenever the force time happens, like the, the connection between mm-hmm. Ray and Kylo, um, she reacts like like instinctively, which is from a place of power, because that's how she interacts with the force. It, it makes her strong. She can do things with it. She doesn't know why, but she can. So she's kind of really, really angry, really intense all of a sudden. A lot of but emotion, then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just controlled by it. And then Kylo's kind of like just really more curious than anything. He's like, oh, can you see me? Can you he's see my very, He's very academic. Yeah. It, it made me realize that all this weird force shit has probably been happening to him his entire life. Yeah. He's a nephew of, Anakin, uh, of, of Luke Skywalker, the grandson, of, or I guess, yeah, grandson of Anakin. <laughs> so he he's must have been, this is another level. If you choose to go there, if you choose to analyze it for what it's worth, for what's there on the screen, you can read into this that he is probably, he probably felt the relationship between his father and his mother crumbling before they did. Oh, oh yeah, God! Talk about abandonment issues. <clears throat> yeah, it's such a dynamic character. So, so good, and I can't wait to see where where his character goes. Um, I I I don't think they would would do it at this point, but uh, I would be a thousand percent in on a Kylo Ren solo movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not solo with Star Wars story or whatever the <laughs> fuck they're calling that. You'd be Mo- amazed if Kylo shows up in there though. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm killing you here too. <laughs> <laughs> he he tops into a DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're living in a Ready Player One world, man. Say it. You know it's true. We don't need roads. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, just, just boy in a car. <laughs> oh, God, I love Snow Green Set so much. Oh, okay. Anyway, you, as you can tell, we love Kylo Ren a lot, and he's definitely deserving of this, of this award. But as great as he is, he doesn't get it. Spider-Man, wow. I mean, what can you say? It's the best version of Spider-Man we've ever had. We just talked about Spider-Man Homecoming at great length. Uh, I mean, he's got those webs. <laughs> My webs. Thwip, thwip, thwip. <laughs> Hello, sir. Oh, can you have some more porridge? Thwip, thwip. <laughs> whip, whip, whip. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, uh... <sighs> again, in any other year, he, he, Spider-Man could have taken this. Hands down. Hands down. Um, Sucking. He he's like you said earlier, could potentially be the focal point of the MCU moving forward easily. That's not something you could have said. You could even say he would have been the focal point of a third movie when Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies <laughs> were still going. You know what I mean? Like it was like, oh, do you, does anyone want to even see a third like film? No, no. As- Villains. Right. So, yeah. There's not a lot else to say. He easily could have won 
in any other year. I think Kylo Ren definitely could have won any year. Even Logan. Even Runaways. Ah, Runaways, maybe less so. But still, they did great. I mean, the ceiling's so high on that franchise. Yeah, they, they're young. They're new. They got time to grow. They're like Jason Tatum on the Celtics. They're there we go. <laughs> blowing it away for a rookie season. But, like, you know, they're, they're still going to get better. I think anyone would be hard-pressed to argue that 2017 didn't belong to Diana Prince, Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. The movie crushed expectation, Mm -hmm. surpassed every conceivable commercial and critical sphere that anyone placed on any, any notion of what it could do. And that is by and large, Gal Gadot's performance as Diana Prince and Wonder Woman. Like you said earlier, heroic, mm-hmm. empathetic, really brought back heroism to the forefront of, guess what, guys? Comic book movies. These are heroes. <laughs> These are tales of heroes and villains. These are gods and monsters in the modern era, mm-hmm. right? One fact for Wonder Woman that I think kind of says it all is that Coming back to the Warner Brother execs who almost ran away with best villain again. Uh, they had the opportunity to lock, to lock Patty Jenkins down into a two or three year contract for directing. They did not do that. We'll see how performance. Uh, <laughs> we're not confident right now. They had to come back to the table and <laughs> double... More than double her salary to do the sequel. And they did. And they should. And that's good. But that shows you how much Wonder Woman has changed the game. It's literally the only thing keeping the DCEU going (laughs) at this point. We'll see how like Aquaman does and maybe Flash. But right now, as of right now... It's all it's the Wonder Woman show. Okay. We're all just watching it. Yeah. Now it's just such a compelling character that how could you not go see this movie, even if you were like even semi interested in the property. It, it, it was this the first time a female character <laughs> took the lead. Groundbreaking. Yeah. So many firsts come along with Wonder Woman. It's almost the opposite of Spider Man. Spider Man who has had an infinite amount of chances <laughs> to exist. And to grow and to thrive. Wonder Woman did it all on the first try. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Enough said. Like, there's, there's, I don't know what else to say about this character in this movie. And the movie, you know, connected to the character. Again, we did cover the Wonder Woman movie in the archives. For those that want to go back and listen. Or if you haven't listened to it, feel free. Just, this has been the year of Wonder Woman. And that's great. That That's great on so many different levels. It had to combat controversy. It had to combat near Star Wars fan level of idiot reactions. <laughs> what do you mean I can't go to the show? I'm a man. I can, I can pay. Why am I allowed? Um, yeah, just... And it was it was so enjoyable, and it, it also brought a lot of like I believe you said earlier hope 
the message in this film is hope. Mm-hmm. And that is something we all needed in 2017 that we all probably need now in 2018. Where's that Wonder Woman sequel? I guess Deadpool's going to have to <laughs> have to do it for us. Is that coming out? Is it coming out this year or is it coming out next year? I think that's this year. Oh, is it this year? <laughs> I think Pretty it is sure. this year. Yeah. That would be nice. Um, yeah. Good times. Wonder Woman. Congratulations. Best comic book character of 2017. Well, very well deserved. Next podcast, we're going to go back to our normal format where we're breaking down the news, uh, doing some casting corner stuff. Might Ooh. have a guest. We'll see. If you disagreed with any of our nominations or picks, hey, guess what? That's totally cool. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at CB Characters, on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod. Uh, hit us up on iTunes. You can leave a review there, ask us questions. Uh, email cbcharacters at gmail.com. Uh, if you know us personally, yell at us from uh, you know from down the street. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, let I us also, know what you think. I'll answer to Hey Man. <laughs> uh, these were our picks. We I feel like we did a good job of defending why we picked what we did. But hey, that's what's so fun about this stuff. You can debate. You can have different takes. Let's interact. We want to know what you think. Uh, but until next time, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Stay super, everyone. Oh, hi, Mark. Is that, is that how you sign it off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so long, y'all. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We hope we all have uh, you all have a wonderful 2018 with us. We'll come at you soon.